I'm not here to make excuses for Derek Shelton. He doesn't need anybody doing that for him. He's a big boy. He's been in baseball his whole life, and he's in year three of his current position. I am here, however, to offer at least a little bit of a pat on the back for knowing, recognizing, and even acknowledging the occasional mistake. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning from Milwaukee. I'm Dayan Kovacvich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Brewers 6, Pirates 1. Do try to act at least a little bit surprised when your favorite team comes up this way and fails. It's been a thing for about 20 years. Zach Thompson gave up the Grand Slam to Christian Yelich. Diego Castillo with his first big league home run, and that's pretty much the game summary. There's not a whole lot to say. I was way more interested in a couple of things related to Shelton. The first of those came when, before the game, in the Pirates' dugout, I asked him about those Sunday lineups that seem to irritate so many of you. Uh, I don't have to tell you that your Sunday lineups have been a big hit with the fans. Um, and I want to ask you about it because there's a couple of things that go into that that come up a lot regarding that is, is having both of your best players out in the same game. And the other one is doing it at home. Um, you know, post-pandemic and stuff and fans and so forth. So what, what do you say to somebody who says, all right, why don't you just do that in Milwaukee? I understand that. That's a good point. And, you know, I honestly, I had not thought about that. In that regard, I was thinking more about player health in that regard. But uh, I understand that, and I understand people come to the ballpark, and it's probably something I'm going to think about <laughs> moving forward <laughs> now because you, you learn and you think about those things, and now we're in post-pandemic times and there are fans there. And, I understand that they pay good money to come see their, their favorite players. Uh, you know, in terms of yesterday, it was more just about player health. Right. But, uh, right. you know, it is something to to keep in mind. Now, I got to tell you, I've been interviewing managers and coaches and GMs and executives for a long time in our city. I can't count on one hand the number of occasions on which... The other party, when I think maybe I've got a question that's busting them for doing something legitimately wrong, and they go, yeah, you know what? You might be right. I maybe did get that wrong, and I'm going to give it some extra thought and see what I can do about it. I mean, I it was all I had in me to not burst out laughing, at least not in any kind of mocking way. I mean, I respect it. I really do. I respect delivering an answer for that. Like that. Uh, For me, you've got to be really comfortable in your own skin to even think like that, much less to acknowledge it. Now, we already went over this subject, the Sunday lineups yesterday, and I'm not going to belabor it. But I will say relative to this answer that he gave me that it has to be remembered. And I did bring this up on yesterday's show. This is someone who has managed almost entirely through a global pandemic during which fans really weren't an issue. They weren't in the house. 
for a big portion of those games. So, you know, it's a learning thing. It's an adjusting thing. But, you know, his acknowledgement is a step. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So then the game happens. And again, the game didn't go well. And Thompson gave up the Grand Slam, and Thompson shouldn't have been on the mound for the Grand Slam. Everyone who was at American Family Field, all 21,000 paying customers, everybody on both sides, knew that Thompson shouldn't have been out there still. Why Shelton left him out there? Uh, well, here was his answer on that. Yeah, I mean, we we tried to get him through. We were trying to get him through Kutch, and, you know, obviously it didn't work out. And in hindsight, should have brought in Peters there. But uh, we tried to get him through. We got in a little bit of a groove, lost his arm slot a little bit, and uh, you know, it just didn't work out. Okay, so there again, you heard an acknowledgement. He took responsibility for it, and... To make a Steelers reference here, he didn't do it in a Mike Tomlin kind of way where Tomlin just says it. And you don't think he means it. Like Tomlin says, you know, everything falls on me. It's all my fault. And you're sitting there going, come on. You don't, you don't think that at all. You think it's definitely somebody else's fault. But you just feel like saying it is a cool thing. That's not what this was from Shelton. Shelton actually laid out the specifics after the part you heard there of why it was his fault, what he was thinking, what he had hoped would happen, what did happen, and why he should have done it differently. Now, I loved Clint Hurdle in every way, manager, human, the whole deal. Clint Hurdle never once did that in his time as the Pirates manager. I don't recall it happening with John Russell either, and I covered all of his tenure. I don't remember it happening in the one year that I covered Lloyd McClendon, and now I'm really dating myself, and you're going to expect me to start dropping Danny Murtaugh references. I'm not going to do that. But there was a real, using this word again, acknowledgement there by the manager. Not easy to do. Never, ever interpret that. As a sign of weakness, that is what people who feel confident in themselves and their ability and genuine eagerness to learn and get better. That's the kind of thing they say. Mostly disappointing day for the club up here. I'm not trying to put a cherry on top of a turd, but I'll tell you what, I'll remember these two things about Shelton that happened here a lot longer than I'll remember that Yelich slam. When we come back, just one question.
Welcome back. It's time for J1Q. And today's comes from Sean, who asks, Did Dylan Peters throw this hard last year? I could be way off base, but it feels like he's added some juice. Uh, For anybody who wasn't paying attention to any of the good stuff that happened here last night, and I know how a 6-1 to score can hide that sort of thing, Peters was outstanding again. Three scoreless innings, no runs, no hits, uh, three Ks and a walk for the season. In three appearances spanning seven innings, he's got no runs and no hits. And I asked the man himself, after this game, pretty much the same question you just asked me, coincidentally. Humility aside, the stuff is playing. Okay? And the stuff comes out of your hand. Um, especially the fastball. It feels like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, does it feel like there's more life to it? Um, you know, I worked really hard this offseason. Um, mm-hmm. Put my body in some good positions and mechanically. And um, I got after it in the gym this offseason more than I ever have. And, you know, I think it's paying off now. You know, it's not like I jumped eight, an eight-mile-an-hour velo jump, but the fastball does feel, feel relatively good right now, and I'm happy with it. Now, I'll share this with you, too. When we got done recording, he said to me, you know, people are allowed to get better. I said, yeah, I know, because it doesn't all have to be a regression. And I I held my hand uh, level horizontally, and I said, well, it doesn't have to be this either. And if you look back over Peter's past, he's been up and down, and uh, he's bounced around to different teams. He's 29 years old right now, but what is he? Yeah. He's a lefty, and lefties last forever. Or it seems that way anyway. Maybe Jamie Moyer was the one that uh, stretched that concept out for another decade or two. Uh, Peters has been uh, an uplifting thing for a lot of people uh, in the organization. He's also part of this unusual pitching plan that we're seeing the Pirates put into motion where there really aren't starters, there really aren't closers, and there really aren't assigned inning counts to their guys. If you get the ball and it's your turn, you're going to go like this, two innings, three innings. We've seen it from Will Crow. We've seen it from Peters. We've seen David Bednar with a multiple inning appearance already. Uh, this is the kind of thing that you're going to see Uh, from this team that knows and recognizes it does not have starters who are going to give them length. And rather than just slamming their foreheads against a cement wall over it, they're using guys like Peters, who of course was before this a starter. And if it picks up the spirits as it very visibly has of both Peters and Crow, then maybe they can you know, switch places with the other guys who are going three or four innings, meaning the starters. It's a different approach. It's not completely unique or anything like that, but it's different than what we've seen in the past from the Pirates. I kind of like it, but more than that, I really like what it's bringing out of a couple of these individuals, including Peters. Glad you brought him up, Sean. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates, and we'll have another one tomorrow from here in Milwaukee.